Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi aliyya dhati azim sifati samiyya simatika bila sha'an, jalil al qadir al rafi'i al dhikri muta'i al amri jalil al burhan, fakhim al ismi ghazil ilmi wasil hizmi kathir al ghufran, jamil al thana'i jazil ata'i mjib al dua'i amim al ihsan. سري الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحد الله فإن توحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن تقوام لا كل حسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ودعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه أذلة على المؤمنين أعزة على الكافرين يجاهدون في سبيل الله ولا يخافون لوم تلائم ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله واسع عليم وعن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يمنع أن أحدكم مخافة الناس أن يتكلم بحق إذا علمه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام What we are seeing and dealing with and experiencing all around us at this particular moment and juncture is something that has been the playbook, something that has been the strategy of al-Batil since the very beginning of time. We see this in the stories of the Prophets that are laid out in the Quran. When you go through Surah Hud 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about all the different prophets who dealt with opposition and difficulty and adversity and dealt with challenges from the people throughout time. When we look at the life of Rasulullah we see that there is a particular strategy that is employed. And that is that when there is something that is clearly wrong, batil, incorrect, either it is a crime against the haqq of Allah, like shirk and kufr, and then on top of that there are crimes against humanity and people, like dhulm and oppression, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before, up till the time of the Prophet Allah would send someone. وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولِ وَلِكُلِّ قَوْمٍ هَادٍ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَعْبُدُونَ Allah would send prophets and messengers to speak out against what is wrong, what is incorrect, what is false. Both in terms of crimes against Allah, the haqq of Allah, and also the hukuk of the people, the rights of the people. And after the Prophet ﷺ, who is Khatamun Nabiyin, he is the seal of prophethood, la nabiyya ba'dahu, no prophets after him. Then the Prophet ﷺ spoke about this himself, that la yazalu, la tazalu ta'ifatun min ummati zahirina ala al-haqq. That there will always remain people within my ummah, this Muslim ummah, who will always remain very clearly upon the truth, and they will always speak the truth, especially when it is needed most, when falsehood is predominant. And whenever that happens, whenever that occurs, there are certain patterns that we have seen throughout history. And this is why so much of the Qur'an Right? The scholars, they explain that the Qur'an um, can be generally, the bulk of the Qur'an can be categorized into three categories. There are al-aqa'id, wal-ahkam, there are what Allah is instructing us to believe and to do. Number two, we have what's called amthal. There are parables and logical examples and things that challenge our thinking. And number three, al-qisas. Al-Qasas, that there are stories of the people of the past. History is being taught to us in the Qur'an. And there's a very important reason for that. Because there are patterns that we have to know, that we have to observe, and we have to see, and we have to learn from. So that we know what's coming, we know what to expect, and we are prepared to deal with it when it does come. And one of the strategies and one of the things that we see is initially when that falsehood is spoken out against. And then it is consistent. Initially when the falsehood is spoken out against, it seems or it might seem like it's falling on deaf ears. But if they remain committed, they remain consistent, no matter how small their number may be, but they eventually, because the truth is so powerful, بَلْ نَقْذِفُ بِالْحَقِّ عَلَى الْبَاطِلِ فَيَدَمَّغُهُ فَإِذَا هُوَ زَاهِقُ 
Allah tells us that we unleash the truth upon falsehood. And truth obliterates the falsehood. It annihilates it. When the truth comes, it dismantles falsehood. And falsehood was flimsy to begin with, Allah says. So, if they remain consistent, the people speaking the truth, then it becomes now deafening. It becomes unavoidable. It can't be ignored anymore. Because it's so powerful and it's so clearly superior to the falsehood. And when that happens, then the falsehood now feels threatened. So what comes next? What comes next is intimidation and threats. We saw this in Makkah al-Mukarramah with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهِ وَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ بِالْبَيْنَاتِ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ You want to try to kill this man? Because he speaks the truth. So then comes intimidation and threats. And that is what we need to understand here today. There are, in our deen, in our sharia, usul-wise, there are individual obligations and there are collective communal obligations. And it's very important to recognize both. This is part of the nuance of our religion. Individual and collective. Like we say there needs to be, you know, deeper study of the Qur'an and the religion and we need knowledge and ilm. That's not an individual obligation. Every individual needs to know enough to be able to practice their religion basically. But that's not an individual obligation, that is a more collective commitment. That there will be knowledgeable people in the community. And the community will overall support the endeavor of knowledge. Because that obligation is not going to be put on every single person. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable to expect every single person to become a scholar. That's not a reasonable expectation. So that's where the nuance is. A lot of people right now are curious, okay? We have to speak out, we have to speak the truth in defense of our brothers and sisters, particularly in Gaza right now, against the occupation, against the killing. But at some level, where is the individual obligation? And so understand, individually, not every person is obligated to be representing the entire cause in and of themselves. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but that is not an individual obligation. That is a collective obligation. We as a community collectively have to be standing up for what's right. The Prophet set that expectation. He said there needs to be a group of people dedicated to always speaking out the truth. وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةِ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ That Allah tells us in the Qur'an, a group of people need to be dedicated to doing the right thing all the time. But I overall wanted to, so if somebody ultimately feels that their situation is maybe compromised, 
Are they excused to maybe say less or more? That's a personal decision. They have to evaluate that. They have to make that. What I want to talk about here is if the only thing affecting your ability to speak the truth right now and to say what's right is that feeling of intimidation and is that fear that is being incepted to you right now by the forces of batil, of falsehood, then that is something we need to understand. What guidance does the Qur'an and the Prophet ﷺ provide to us? The Qur'an and the Sunnah, what guidance does it provide for me to be able to overcome this feeling, this internal feeling of trepidation, hesitation, a little bit of even intimidation and fear that the forces of batil are asserting and, in, and, and, and incepting into the minds of the community right now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I started with the verse of the Qur'an in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah says, O you who believe, whoever amongst you turns away from the religion, turns their back on the religion. A very severe thing. But then it's still saying that when we turn away from our responsibility, Allah will just bring other people. Right? One of the biggest issues and problems in the tarbiyah, the, the, the spiritual and personal development of people today, and our community is no exception to this, is somewhere, somehow, someone gave us the idea that we are indispensable. That we are so precious that we, I am needed for something. This religion, this truth, this deen, doesn't need me in the least bit. If I'm too cowardly, if I'm too scared, if I'm too weak to do what this religion requires of me, Allah will just replace me with somebody else. And what will the characteristic of that person be? Allah will love that person and that person will love Allah. And those people, adhillatin ala al-mu'mineen, they will be very humble and gentle with the believers. A'izzatin ala al-kafirin. And they will be very firm and strong against the enemies who would encroach upon the rights and the dignity of the believers. Yujahiduna fi sabilillah. They will be willing to strive and sacrifice for the sake of Allah, for what is right. And they won't fear the criticism of the person who does nothing but criticize. This is a very interesting verbiage Allah uses in the Quran. It's got repetition in it. What Allah is saying is that people who intimidate, people who criticize, people who um, just hurl things verbally at other people, that's all they're good for. That's all they know how to do. Right? It's all bark and no bite. So they're not intimidated by the barking of this animal that, knows, that doesn't know how to do anything but bark. They're not intimidated by that. But they understand. This is the benevolence of Allah to be able to be committed to the right thing. No matter what the circumstances are, يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ And Allah grants to this ability to whomsoever He wills. وَاللَّهُ وَاسِيُونَ عَلِيمٌ Allah is vast and all-knowing. Put your faith and trust in Allah. In a hadith of Musnad Ahmad, 
Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates from the Prophet None of you should ever be prevented out of intimidation and fear of other people, other creation. You should not let the creation intimidate you to the point that you would not speak the truth when you know it to be the truth. Never ever let the creation intimidate you where you wouldn't say what is right when you know that it's right. Allah tells us in Surah Al-Ahzab that a characteristic again of the prophets, the great prophets of Allah who we follow, We've been commanded to follow in the footsteps of these prophets. They would always deliver the message of God. They would always speak the truth. وَيَخْشَوْنَهُ And they would only and solely fear Allah. وَلَا يَخْشَوْنَ أَحَدًا إِلَّا اللَّهِ And they would never fear anyone other than Allah. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا Because they knew that ultimately at the end of the day, we have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now there's one very difficult, there's one issue involved in this discussion that is in the back of, Many, in the back of the head of many people. Many people have this somewhere in their consciousness. And I can't speak for somebody else, whether it's a big problem or a little problem, that's, everyone has to figure out their own circumstance. But I know that there are, and it's easier said than done, and I understand I'm speaking from a place of where maybe I don't have to worry about that, so I want to be mindful of that. But the truth is still the truth. The guidance is there. There's a concern that some people are also dealing with that this could threaten maybe their livelihood. This could affect their prospects. And I am in no position to talk down to anybody in regards to that. Because I'm not dealing with the circumstances many of you are dealing with in places of work, in places of business. But let's all of us, put me aside, let's all of us go to the Messenger of Allah and see what the Messenger of Allah tells us. عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله وكل في الرحيم ملكا When each and every single one of us was in the womb of our mothers. When we were in the wombs of our mothers, Allah appointed an angel to come and visit us in the wombs of our mothers. فيقول, يا ربي نطفة, يا ربي علقة, يا ربي مضغة. And then Allah told that angel to stay with us in the wombs of our mothers and to keep a watch over us. And then that angel, of course, Allah knows everything, but this is to show us and share with us what is going on. The angel would provide reports to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say, oh my Lord, it is right now some fluid. My Lord, right now he or she is a clot of blood. My Lord, now he or she 
is forming into this fetus. فَإِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهَا And then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended to now give this human being that is about to be born its full kind of physical form, قَالَ يَا رَبِّي The angel then says, My Lord, أَذَكَرٌ أَمْ يَا رَبِّ أُنْثَى That should this be a male or a female? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assigned the gender to that child, male or female. And then said, Ya Rabbi, Shaqiyunam Sa'idun. Will this be a wretched human or a good, blessed human? And then the angel says, Famar Rizku, Famal Ajalu. And then the angel had two follow-up questions. My Lord. What is the sustenance assigned to this person? What is the sustenance assigned to this person? What is the risk? To put it into simple terms, what are all the money or food or resources that this human being will receive in his or her entire lifetime? What is that, O oh Allah? And also, how long will this human being live? From Al-Ajal. فَيُكْتَبُ كَذَٰلِكَ فِي بَطْنِ أُمِّهِ And then Allah tells the angel, this is all of the food and all of the money and all of the resources that this person will receive in their entire lifetime. And then it is written down. While, that, while you and I, our entire risk, all the money we will ever earn, all the food we will ever consume, all the assets and the resources we will ever possess was already written down while we were still inside the wombs of our mothers. Nobody can control that. Nobody can change that. Nobody can affect that. Now I know it doesn't feel like that all the time. But that's the truth. Nobody gets to change that. It was written down by Allah before we were even born. From Al-Ajalu. How much time we have was already written down before we were even born. And so, to summarize, Abu Dhar al-Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قُلِ الْحَقَّ وَلَوْ كَانَ مُرًّا It's a hadith of Ibn Hibban. It's an authentic narration that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that speak the truth even when it is bitter. And a very interesting nukta, a very interesting fa'ida, a point of benefit that the scholars extract from this narration is speak the truth even when it is bitter. How do you know that something is bitter? Because you taste it. Not, you don't know what, what it feels like to somebody else. This is speaking about speak the truth even when it is bitter for you. We've always understood it, speak the truth, even if it's, you know, tough on the other person. Even if it's rough on the other person. No, no, no. The Prophet ﷺ is saying, speak the truth even when it's tough for you. And these are the situations that provide that kind of gut check. And lastly and finally, there's a very powerful, beautiful narration from Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha 
our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, in the book of At-Tirmidhi, katama Mu'awiyah ila Aisha ummil mu'minina radiallahu anha, aniktu bi ilayya kitaban tuusini fihi wa la tukthiri alayya. Mu'awiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a companion of the Prophet sallallahu a trusted companion of the Prophet sallallahu who would write wahi, he would write the verses of the Qur'an when they would be revealed to the Prophet ﷺ. He was a very intelligent man. He wrote a letter to our mother, the mother of the believers, Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, asking her, please advise me. وَلَا alayya, But make it brief and concise. Meaning something I can learn, I can remember, I can hold to, I can practice immediately. فَكَتَبَتْ عَائِشَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا إِلَى مُعَاوِيَةُ So she wrote him a letter and she said in the letter, سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكَ She gave him greetings. أَمَّا بَعَدُ As for what follows, فَإِنِّي سَمِعَتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ يَقُولَ I heard the Messenger of Allah صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ saying, مَنِ الْتَمَسَ رِضَاءَ اللَّهِ بِسَخَ Whoever seeks out the pleasure of Allah, even if it costs them the fury, the wrath, the anger, the displeasure of the people, whoever seeks the pleasure of Allah, even if it brings on them the wrath and the anger of the people, Allah will take care of the people for him. Allah will take care of that person against the people. However, but if somebody seeks out the pleasure of people, they're trying to please the creation by angering the creator, by angering Allah, by doing what's displeasing to Allah, Allah will feed that person to the wolves. Allah will leave that person to the people. And let the people have their way with that person. And then she concluded the letter, Wassalamu alaik. That's the entirety of my advice to you. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim. Wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-Muslimin. Fastaghfiruh, innahu huwa al-Ghafirur. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiyya ba'da. Amma ba'du. I wanted to conclude with a note on a dua about the current circumstance, the situation, the suffering, the atrocities being committed against our brothers and sisters in Gaza. It's a very beautiful dua of the Prophet ﷺ that's mentioned in the book of Abu Dawood. The Prophet ﷺ taught us his dua to be recited in times of distress. In times where it seems like a lot of the forces are turned against us, against the believers. Allahumma rahmataka arju. Oh Allah, I put all of my hope and my faith in your mercy. Oh Allah, do not leave me to the evil of my own lower self, even for the blink of an eye. وَأَصْلِحْ لِي شَأْنِي كُلَّهُ And O oh Allah, correct and rectify, fix all of my affairs. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ 
for indeed there is no one worthy of worship except for you. So we make this dua, remembering that Allah told us in Surah Al-Baqarah, أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ I always answer the dua of the one who makes dua whenever he or she makes dua. Like Allah is repeating it. I answer the call of the caller whenever they call. Allah is telling us, so call. Make dua. Call out to me. And we remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, Udu'uni astajib lakum. Call out to me, make dua to me, I will answer you. The Prophet told us, Call out to Allah while fully believing that Allah will answer your prayers. So we call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking for His help and His aid and His mercy and His kindness and His generosity and His benevolence. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to provide justice and to provide mercy, to provide dignity and to provide safety and security. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma izzal al-Islam wal-Muslimin. Allahumma insuli al-Islam wal-Muslimin. Allahumma ahdina wa ahdibina wa ja'alna sababa li min ihtada. Allahumma aina ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husn ibadatik. Allahumma ahsina aqibatana filumuri kulliha. Wajinna min khizju dunya wa adhab al-akhira. Allahumma wafiqna lima tuhibu wa tarda. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala nabigil kareem. Qala Allahu ta'ala, inna allaha ya'muru bil'adil wal-ihsani wa ita idil qurba. Wa yinha'an al-fahshai wal-munkari wal-baghi. Ya'idukum la'allakum tadakkaroon. Udhkuru allaha yathkurukum. Wad'uhu yasajib lakum. ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة